Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Wasness Podcast. I'm Kevin Gallagher, I'm joined again by Kieran Mooney. Kieran, how are you today? I'm not too bad, Kev. Um, not as good as you, sunning it up somewhere hot uh, whilst we're all back home working. But uh, yeah, how are you? Looking tanned. I'm, 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 I'm all good. I, uh, I seen the line-up on Saturday at uh, the back of two for the Celtic game and immediately hopped on a plane and got myself away to Cyprus. I think I, I, think I knew it was coming. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I missed, missed Saturday's game, but um, I have unfortunately picked up through the match forum on Pine Bovel and then the highlights on uh, on how things went. What did you What did you make of the game on Saturday? Yeah, so I was not there on Saturday, but I managed to get the full uh, ninety minutes watched um, live as well. So it was yeah another tough afternoon for Alwa. Another one that I was surprised when I tweeted out the the starting eleven and yeah. Unfortunately, it's another it's another poor result against a team that last season we had decent success against, but this season not so much so far. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of one of the first things I thought about when I seen the score once I'd landed. It was, you know, after the the win down in Dumfries, it was kind of that attitude of going at the Stirling game. Then Kelly, we we had the potential of putting ourselves in a pretty good position to then go into the, a run of you know probably the three toughest. Toughest toughest teams in the in the league, um, obviously after the the Stirling defeat and then losing to Kelty there at the weekend as well, it's um it's put us in a bit of a it's put us in a bit of a, a dodgy position at a very very early stage of the season. Um, I've got to admit when I seen the team on Saturday, I was a little bit surprised. I think Brian Rice had made five changes, bringing in Josh Bio, Scott Taggart started, Deveni came in, and then changing the front two, bringing in Coulson and Donnelly. I'm interested your thoughts around that lineup. Yeah, it's um, interesting to say the least. We knew there was going to be changes in the defence because um, of the sending off last week and Scott Taggart needing a return as well. We thought Devaney would, would slot into the starting 11 eventually. He has done, but there seems to be quite a lot of chopping and changing. I didn't quite see the front two being entirely changed. Uh, Donnelly yeah. and Coulson coming in as a as a duo over Salmon and Rodden, who were very much not to blame against Sterling Albion, I didn't think. Um, a quiet game, but not so much their fault. I've seen one poster on Pine Bovril, uh, Waspy, say that as it stands, we've played 14 games um, since coming back. Um, and five changes is a lot for 14 games. Um, and I think from reading the, the Pine Bovril forums, I think that's where a lot of the frustration from supporters comes from is uh, week to week, you know, changes of that magnitude. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, I actually read that comment just literally before we, we came on to record there. And as I was reading that, I was thinking it's bang on. It's absolutely spot on it needs. I'd said this at there was a stage last season where we were on a bit of a, not the best run. And I kind of said, for me, what we needed to do was just get us, get a settled 11. And, you know, each week there might be, might be one change to that, you know, one change, maybe two, that kind of thing. But for me, I felt when we went through a bad patch last season, we just needed to get to a bit of a settled, settled shape for one, but also the, the actual personnel as well. And I, and I feel it's, that's exactly what's what's needed just now. There's been there's been quite a few comments. We've talked the last couple of weeks about, you know, I've said the the three in midfield for me doesn't work for for this Alloa team, and I'd like to see an extra one in there. I've seen a couple of comments there, um, since the game on Saturday about you know that that idea of a four two three one. To me, absolutely suits this this Alloa team down at a tee. 
Um, you know, I've said before, I'm not a fan of one up top. I, I much prefer the two, but I think the the squad, the personnel that's in that squad just now, it's almost ready-made built for a four-two-three-one. It, it's it looks almost perfect for that, and it kind of it covers your back a little bit in terms of we know we're we're short up top. We, we know that's that's the case, but you know, only having the one striker really needed in there that kind of covers your back on that. Bringing in three players behind a behind a front man. This an area park where we have an absolute plethora of players that can fit into to various different roles and and provide sort of different options in there. When you look at the likes of, you know, Luke Donnelly, Quinn Coulson, Scoogle could play in there, Collie could play in there, Cami O'Donnell could play in there, Stephen Buchanan could play. You know, there, there's half a dozen names, you know, right off the, the top of the head that you could all you could see all of those players factor in. In that kind of three attacking midfield, you know, three advanced midfielders, and that's look, that's that's a formation where Alo have had some of the best success that they've had over the last sort of five five to ten years is is playing in that kind of shape. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you, and I think for me, in a perfect world, the four two three one, like you say, it brings back so many fond memories of Alo teams in the past. In terms of the changes that are happening at the moment. Brian Rice doesn't have his troubles to seek so early in the season having two key players missing pre-season and obviously they're going to come back in looking at the squad from Saturday as well. No Miko Vertanen. There's 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 players that are just dropping out and there's players that are being suspended um, and he's having to change it. But for, for me, if we are going to stick with the five, which I think you know we are, there's there's points in that that I quite like but I think you know we've seen Collie when he moved in he was a lot more effective um, it just makes sense to play to these guys strengths but Saturday for me we started we started strong despite the shape it was actually a yeah. close game um, I think what the manager says in, in terms of his post-match interviews spot on we, we had chances uh, Coulson early on, LD has a chance later on as well, so we've got chances in the game but we'll, we'll hark back to it and you can see the manager's frustration about it, we shoot ourselves in the foot once again Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a minute about the, the Kelly goals because obviously there's yet another penalty against us to, to discuss and, and go through um, Should we have had a penalty inside the first minute? Um, possibly Possibly I think it probably would be harsh, um, but poss- I'm not. I'm not that. Sh- I'm not a big. Sh- I'm not that strong on it. Put it that way. But um, we could, we could do with a favour like that. But no, I'm not like. I don't think it's a massive injustice. Yeah, when I seen it, when I had a look at the high, looked at the highlights this morning, and when I see, it, I thought right. I thought. I- that looks like a penalty, <laughs> especially you know. I know when it's slowed down and it's zoomed in, you, you, you're seeing you're seeing that a lot clearer than what a, an official has a chance to see at a time. But when you when you when you see that zoomed in, you think you know the defenders just clad and they turn his ankles, and you think I look at some of the penalties that went against us this season. I thought yeah, probably could have could have done with that one. And then I seen that incident later on in the 
would have been in the first half when Tidza takes out Quinn Coulson completely off the ball, and you think, yeah, if you're not when you're when when you're not getting those kind of decisions and things aren't aren't going your way, it, it doesn't help, and and you know maybe it just takes a wee bit of luck, and and you know we might go into next week's game, and do you know what we might get a wee a wee dodgy decision in our favour, and all of a sudden that might be the the kind of catalyst to to lift the team back, but um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was worth worth discussion discussing. We're going to the the Kelly goals and. Um, I mean, if we look at the, the two of them together, as others have said, you know, it's a penalty for the first one. Morgan Neal was, it, it's a soft penalty, but it's a, it's a penalty. Morgan Neal's lifted his hands needlessly and given given the striker a little little shove in the back. When I looked at that goal, where did it come from? It's a ball from the Kelly right back. I don't know if it was Corbett, it was at right back, but he's, he's standing basically on the halfway line and it's just a little ball over the top. And right away I'm thinking, last week we talked about the goals we're conceding, it's just a it's just a long ball. It's just that it's just a long ball over the top, and I, I look at that and I think it's exactly the same again. And then you look at the second goal. Oh, look, Scott Taggart. Of course, he's he's made a mistake for there's a, a very very rare Scott Taggart mistake, but again, he's made that mistake from just the long ball, and it's it's frustrating to see that we seem to be conceding very similar goals each week. Yeah, I think the penalties of the most frustration to the manager when you listen to his post-match interview and you see Morgan Neal's been excellent um, since coming into the club and we've raved about him. Uh, Ross Cunningham, according to this uh, website, I mean, just for timings, Cunningham opened the scoring 38th minute, Morgan Neal booked on 39. I don't know how that works. I, I assume that's wrong. <laughs> but anyway, point being... Um, he so he was he was booked he was booked just just as they were going to kick off. I think ah, I noticed was that in the highlights. He, he didn't ah. get booked for the foul. They scored the penalty, yeah. and then just as they were about to kick off, he's obviously said something, and the refs went ah. and booked him. Then I'm, I missed that. I just assumed that he'd been booked for the foul. But anyway, 38 goal, 39 booking, 41. He's hooked off, and I think, like we say, <laughs> Morgan Neal has been excellent for us, but that's. I think that's the way that the manager, that's the mood that the manager's in, and I don't blame him because one we spoke about last week, Morgan Neal's that makes even more sense now. He's given away a penalty. He's been booked for dissent. He's still got fifty uh, odd minutes to play. He's on the on the verge of of progressing that up to yeah. being sent yeah. off, and that's what the manager can't deal with at the moment. I mean, it doesn't help that. A minute after Andy Graham comes on, Josh Debayo also goes into the book. But um, I think that's the stance that the manager's <laughs> taken and the frustration. that Maybe it was a little bit of, I've told you all week, no silly fouls, don't give teams a head start, let's not go into the book, let's keep 11 men on the pitch. Morgan Neal's giving away, like I say, a soft but silly penalty, then gone into the book for mouth and off. And, and the manager's just like, we can't, something needs to be... To be done about this. Yeah, I, I don't blame him for for making that decision at all and, and changing him. I'm with you. I think Neil's been been excellent so far this season. Um, I'm going to remind you that he was my tip for um, the most bookings in the Alloa team this season, and he's doing pretty well on that front right now for me. Um, but I am, um, yeah, I don't, I don't blame I don't blame Brian Rice. I think that's quite that's quite a strong bit of management to to make, and it's probably that frustration of. You know, we're talking about we're conceding all these penalties. Uh, Brian Rice is going to be more frustrated than any any Alice supporters about the defend and the goals we're conceding, yeah. the, the penalties that we're conceding. To then see Morgan Neal, who's not he's not a seventeen year old 
centre half who's coming in. It's his first season in professional. This is an experienced guy, knows exactly what he's doing, and it's it's a daft one to give away. And to then, you know, add to that within the book, and I get Morgan Neal will be frustrated about it. He'll feel it soft, and I think you know when you see the amount of contact that happens in the game these days, there, there is always contact. You look at things like corners, the amount of contact there, you know, the amount of contact you get at a corner kick is, is on another scale to how much contact there was for, for this penalty. It was, it was, it was very soft, but it was a daft thing to do. And he's, he's given the, he's, he's given the referee that option. He's given the player the option to, to go down. And I mean, he's absolutely made a meal of it and, and accepted that for his, to, to get the penalty. So I don't, I don't have an issue with, with, with Brian Rice making that, making that change. Hopefully it's, hopefully it maybe just puts it in Morgan Neal's head, you know what, just, just calm it a little bit. You can tell the way Morgan Neal plays, he is, he is an aggressive, physical centre-half and I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. That's, that's perfect for me for a centre-half, but you have to, you know, if, he, if he's given away, if he's been booked for a rash challenge, you know, when a, a player's, you know, breaking away through or they're on the counter or something like that, that's a totally different booking to dissent. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree. And um, it's, I suppose it's quite ironic. My tip was, was Stevie Hedrington. We got six yellow cards <laughs> on Saturday and, and Stevie was not one he of them. He wasn't one of them. <laughs> um, so I suppose that's a, that's a good thing for Stevie. But I think what you were saying on the second goal, and oh, you don't want to, it, it's, it's, it's a mistake, but I think you've seen in a couple of occasions that this is probably what we'll, we'll have to deal with maybe for a week or two, just as, as Taggart and LD get back to full fitness. They've yeah. not had a complete pre-season. Um, I would say if Taggart and Donnelly had a full pre-season, that mistake doesn't get made. And that one that Donnelly goes through one-on-one, he slots it away. Um, yeah, and yeah. it's and it's completely different. I know it's if buts and maybe's and if my granny had wheels and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's unfortunate that that's the case. But it's majorly positive that you know I for one was I wasn't surprised to see Taggart start, but I was surprised to see Donnelly start. Um, and that can only be a good thing going into what is a really tricky set of fixtures coming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised to see. I wasn't surprised to see Tiger start. I was surprised to see him play ninety minutes, though. You know, I didn't did not expect that. And as you say, we, we we've seen he's he's been rusty. You know, when he came on the first game of the season down at Palmerston, no fault of the penalty there, but in general, you could tell he hadn't had a preseason. He hadn't kicked the ball since since Hamilton at the end of last season. So he, he'll be working his way through that rust. And as you say, Donnelly, when you look at that in the highlights, he he just. He just never really looks like he's going to score, and you know I think last season when he was when he was kind of in a real purple patch last season, looked on only going through like that. You would absolutely stick your mortgage on he's going to put that into the you know just side foot it past the keeper into the back of the net. But as you say, coming back from from the injury, not having that preseason, it is going to take time to get up to up to match speed for for both of them. And um, so we talk about the the real positive for Aloha from the day, Cami O'Donnell, take an absolute bow with this one. Yeah, it's an absolute belter. Cammy's got that in his locker. Um, I think we've been looking for free kick takers ever since Ian Flanagan left, and and few have a few have done it. But I don't know where Cammy's been been hiding that one from. We know how good he is at set pieces when he comes on. Uh, when he started the game at Hamilton last season, the free kick immediately in the box, his corners that he took Edinburgh away always springs to mind, and now it's nice to see him get some direct goals from corners as well. And and Cammy's, he just never, he just never gives up. He might drop out the team, which he did on Saturday, um, 
but he's come back in and, and put in a really decent shift and put one into the top bins and if we were to ever swap to a 4-2-3-1 one of the players that would benefit the most out of that um, I think would be Cami O'Donnell I completely agree with I think he would be the biggest beneficiary out of that because to me, you can play him and, and I know, I think Wasprey said this on the on his comment on on the forum that out out wide on the left-hand side of that three, I could see, you know, absolutely could see him in that role with that left foot. You could put him on the other side and use him to cut in. I don't see him as effective in that role. In the middle of that three, I, I, I would quite like to see him as, as a central attacker midfielder and then also that, that deeper role as well. You could quite easily put him into one of the two deeper central midfielders and, you know, especially if you've got someone like Stevie Hellington next to him, Stevie could sit and that would give, you know, that would give Cammy the option that if, depending on who we're playing against, maybe he could go forward a little bit more and, and support the attack a little bit more. Conversely, you know, away from home, a stronger opposition, maybe you have him sitting in beside Stevie or you don't play Cammy in, in that game. You play maybe a Miko Vertinen or you stick Curtis Roberts in there. But for me, that would that would massively suit suit him as a him as a player. I think there's there's options there for where you can where you can play him and not having to play him as a left back or a left wing back in, in that system. On the on the free kicks you see him you see him if, when he's on the bench at half time out warming up he'll always hit a couple of free kicks. You always see when they're doing their kinda their shooting practice just before the game, Cammy would will normally stay out just a little bit longer than everyone else and he hits a couple of sort of you know, kind of the basically free kicks from out and around the edge of the box. So he's always he's always out there, and that's been the case for the last couple of seasons. So I, I've been desperate to see him actually get the opportunity to to hit a free kick because there's been a lot of occasions, you know, at the start of this season and, and looking at when he played last year as well that he's been on the park when we've had a free kick in a position where you kind of think I'd quite like to see what Cameron could do with this, and he's been whether it's the the seniority or whatever, but he's been he, he's been put to the side for other other people to take it. So I was um, I was delighted to see I was delighted to see that Cammy scored and then even more delighted to see that it was uh it was a direct free kick and it was an absolute belter. Yeah, it was and, and fair play to him. It's just a shame that uh, scenes it would have been if Alawa had been able to get a wee goal and, and that and that would have been the equaliser and, and looking at the stats, I know Brian Nice said that and some fans disagreed that Alawa didn't deserve to get anything out of that game but we had, you know, more shots than Kelty. We had the same amount on target. It's just like this. Like it felt a little bit flat on Saturday, but it has just such fine margins, and it's that silly mistake of giving away the penalty or not tucking away your opportunities when you get them that's killing us at the moment, and it puts us in a position where we go into a triple header against three full-time teams. Or Cove, uh, technically, I would class them as one of the full-time teams as well. And I know it's only game week three or game week four coming up, but you really need to be taking something out of these games. Uh, I was just going. I was going to finish up on Saturday w- with basically that point. You know, I'm, I'm sitting looking at the league table just now, and you know we're down to seventh, one win from three, three points, same as Montrose in eighth, and, and three ahead of, of Edinburgh and Arden yeah. at the bottom, who haven't won a game yet but it's you know you look at that and you think if you're going to if you're going to fall a couple of points behind you, you look at th- Queen of the South are third on the table and they're three points ahead of us it's kind of you know this stage of the season 
you are you're very close. You're within touching distance, yeah. and it literally is just a case of a couple of results, and all of a sudden you you catapult yourself up the table. The concern for me is looking at these next three fixtures. Are we going to take anything from them? You know that that's that's the reality of we're we're playing three of you know three of the the best what should be the best teams in the season. Now, a lot of that is because, you know, you look, look at them as the full-time teams, you assume that they are going to be the better teams in the in the division. But it's it's quite concerning. And that was my bit at the start. You know, after the, the opening day win, you, we could have quite conceivably been in a position here where we were going into this game on Saturday, unbeaten, nine points. That, that was feasible, you know, after that great result in Dumfries on the opening day. All of a sudden, you start to look at that opening three fixtures, and you think these are actually quite. This is quite a quite a tasty start to the season, and and it could have put us in that position of nine points. And all of a sudden, you go into these three games, and you know what? You take nothing out of these three games, but you're still sitting on nine points, and that is still a pretty decent start to the season, given who you've who you've played against. It's now sitting here thinking we're on three points. Could we be at going into game week seven still on three points? And all of a sudden, that's a that's a really really poor start to the start to the season. What I would say, uh, what I would say is, and and we've spoke about it off air that you know Aloha do seem to play really well against the full time outfits. Uh, we've seen yeah. our one victory this season came against Queen of the South, and we were excellent that day. Um, and the the reaction on the podcast that episode was so positive for the season, and uh, we've struggled against teams that you know on paper we finished higher up in the in the league pyramid last season than so. It's going to be it's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be very tough, especially this Saturday, which I'll which we'll we'll talk about a little bit after. Um, but ugh, it's, there's no point. No, I'm not going to get to doom and gloom just now. It's only three games down, and um, yeah, there's still plenty of football still to be played. So before we go ahead and talk about this weekend's up and coming blockbuster, blockbuster League One clash that's live on the on the telly, a couple of bits of news around the around the club that's happened over the last sort of week or so. Something we actually meant to, to mention about last week and forgot all about it is there is a launch of a of a new book. Those who have seen the History of Aloe book that came out around about this time last year, I think it was. There's been a kind of basically a, a follow-up from that of a diary of diary of a season covering last season. Um, I don't know if you've you've read it yet or not, Kieran, but it's um, it's very good. It's quite quite interesting going back over over last season's games. Yeah, written by John Glenn Cross and Stuart Latham. It's it's really decent. Um, I think I've managed to sneak in one article myself as well. So that's I did not- I did I did see. I did see that the the resident media tower of the podcast had, yeah. uh, had got a little article in there uh, as well. Wango my name anywhere and everywhere, but yeah, <laughs> I think the club have ordered more copies. Um, going off of Stuart's post on Facebook, so they were available um, against Still and Albion for fourteen ninety nine um, in the club shop and at Lime Tree House outside match days. I'm pretty sure it's in Waterstones as well, a little bit dearer yeah. at nineteen ninety nine, but uh, yeah, definitely. Haven't had a chance to have a read of the, the diary of a season, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it was it was really good, as I say, just kind of going back over last year. And, and, and do you know what? Especially as painful as it was, the way the season finished, it was yeah. actually it was actually quite nice to to kind of reminisce back over that. But no, it's a it's a very very good read. 
And then there was also a cup draw that I will be totally honest, and I had absolutely no idea what was happening. And you sent me through a message saying the team that we're playing against, and I had no idea what you were talking about. Um, SPFL Trust Trophy, this will be third round? Third round draw has been made, and it's... Um, was well, a familiar foe, um, not one perhaps that might get the Allo support too excited though. Yeah, we've been drawn against Rangers B, Rangers under 21, whatever you want to call them. Um, it'll be played on the 26th of September, which is a Tuesday night. It must be because of their European fixtures or their low and league fixtures or, or something because most of the games are played on a Saturday. We'll play on a Tuesday night somewhere. We do not know where. I mean, <laughs> I assume... Toss of a coin between Dumbarton and Broadwood, just going off of uh, what's been done in the past. But yeah, winnable, I'd say. Uh, we've been stumped by Rangers B in the past under Ferguson. Uh, that was a really decent Rangers B from from memory. I'm pretty sure uh, Lowry and, and stuff played, and uh, we were haunted by the Colombian striker, Juan, Juan Alegria. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what sort of Rangers B we play against this time. They've pulled out the Lowland League. Um, they're they're not playing in that anymore. It doesn't. We've seen what the Celtic B team was like in pre-season, albeit slightly different personnel. But it's definitely a game that I'll go in firm favourites for. Um, yeah, and hopefully, hopefully we can get a decent run in this cup. I know it's kind of creeped up on us, and we didn't. You didn't know it was getting drawn, and, and to be fair, I didn't know it was getting drawn until about an hour before it either. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those ones we spoke about it last season. You just get through the first couple of rounds where it is a little bit awkward because it comes in between Annan and Edinburgh, two massive games in the league that we really should be taking six points from. So if you just get through these opening couple of fixtures in the Challenge Cup, we know how special it can be to get to a final or to get to the later stages, regardless of the of the outcome. So it's it's one of those strange cups that you don't really get excited for now, but it's got the potential to really get you going. Yeah, I, I think if you get beyond the fourth round, it then starts to get that excitement. You start to get that from it. You obviously got the potential of of drawing a trip, you know. Either over to Northern Ireland or down to Wales yeah. as well. So yeah, wait. See, I don't know what I don't know what Rangers be. The fact that they've pulled out of the Lowland League this season, I, I don't know what they're actually doing in terms of games. Whether they're playing, they might be going sort of cross border and playing a lot of the kind of the English Premier Division academies, maybe some sort of European games, that kind of thing. But without having the Lowland League for them this year, it's it's a bit of an unknown what they're going to be like, uh, where it's going to be. A, I mean, who knows? I hope it's not a Dumbarton. That's the one thing I'd say with with them. Um, with Broomhill being there as well this year and ground, ground sharing with them, but and I think that would be ridiculous if they have another team's games there. Broadwood possibly it could even be the Rangers training centre. I've, I've absolutely no idea what it's going to be, but yeah, yeah I'm the same. I, I, for, for me, if you get past the fourth round, then it starts to then it starts to get a, a bit more exciting. But um, I think that leads us on to an exciting game certainly coming up this Saturday. As I said before, it's going to be going to be live on the the TV as well. So it's a later kick off. You correct me if I'm wrong. Is it five thirty the kick off for Saturday? Um, it is five thirty. Yeah, five thirty Saturday. So I think it's B, I think it's BBC Alpha that's that it's yeah. That's, so that's the game. Um, so BBC Alpha have taken up a commitment to. Psh, to broadcast X amount of League One games. I assume that's because B 
BBC Scotland are kind of taking over the championship a little bit. I've written in the programme that this is the first one that they've shown. I hope I'm right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's already it gone is. to <laughs> um, So <laughs> that, that is, um, that's exciting. And I think... Uh, when we look, when we think back to some of Aloha's famous victories, a lot of them have been under the the floodlights and uh, with the cameras of BBC Alba. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I did um, I would say have the the pleasure. Um, they played very well, but I was at the Falkirk still and Albion game on Tuesday in a work capacity, so I've seen a little bit of them firsthand and. I thought they looked pretty decent. <laughs> They've started the season really strong, winning uh, most of the games bar one, uh, which was the draw up at Cove. To be fair, I think they were quite unlucky that day as well. There was a very dubious yeah. penalty decision um, that didn't go in their favour. But yeah, Falkirk looked decent on Saturday. They went 1-0 up through Brad Spencer, who for me could possibly be the best player in the division. I think he's, I think he's that good. Um, then we've seen a little bit of them on the other side when their goalkeeper Sam Long pulled off an exceptional double save. It was like Dabrowski last season for Queen of the South. It was unbelievable. And as soon as he as soon as he done that, Falkirk kind of settled down and got their penalty. And then Ross McKeever got his his obligatory goal to take him up to I think seven for the <laughs> season. So he just keeps on scoring. Um, and yeah, they just look. I mean, it's early days and Hamilton are also flying as well, but they just look a, a bit more of a solid unit. Still a little bit shaky at the back sometimes, especially on that right-hand side, but um, I think they are an improved 11 to last season. Yeah, I mean, it certainly looks... I, I never seen the game on Tuesday night, but when I seen the score um, the next morning, and I looked at, you know, three up and, you know, two up and 27 inside half an hour, three up and 36 minutes, it made me think right away of the first game at the Falkirk Stadium with us last year, yeah. where to be, I mean, to be totally blunt, Falkirk absolutely blew us away that that uh, that evening. Um, I agree with you say about Brad Spencer as well. I think when you, when they made that triple signing, Brad Spencer, um, Lang, and uh, Calvin Miller as well, you know that that was quite a bit of a statement triple signing to announce, and and the likes of Lang and, and Spencer in particular should, as you say, probably be about. You know, up there with the best couple of players in the in the division. I think they they, they look a lot better. They look a lot more organised um, this season than they have. I think they've made it's a big call, but the right call in the terms of when you look through the, the sort of preseason for them, and I think going at the League Cup group as well, they were very much you know very much playing a four two three one, and that two sitting role for me was wasn't working. It was Brad Spencer and and McGinn alongside each other, and and it was two players who were too similar that that to me wasn't working I know there was talk last year when McGinn came in last year a really really strong start to the season but as the season went on he'd been required to play so many games I mean he was, he was basically playing every single week and obviously he's, he's getting on a bit I know he's by the sounds of things he looked like he was carrying potentially carrying injuries as well through the season and he had a massive drop off for me I think when as Falkirk's form dropped after the kind of defeat to the, the midweek defeat to Dunfermline at the basic end of the league. Dunfermline, uh, Falkirk's form, as it dropped there, that coincided for me with McGinn's form drastically dropped. And I think the start of this season, McGinn next to Spencer just wasn't working. So I know, you know, the last few games they've brought in Henderson, who, you know, Liam Henderson had a great, a great season last year for 
for Falkirk once he'd been moved away from centre half where he to be honest, looked like he struggled going into that sitting midfield role. He looked so much better there. And I think that that seems to be working much better for Falk. I think Falk just looked much better with those two in there as opposed to Spencer McGinn. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. Um, Brad Spencer, to me, is, is too good to be playing in, in League One. Yeah, I think of course. Of course in championship. Um, and his goal on Tuesday was, was exceptional. They've, they've not got brilliant squad depth. I would say Falkirk, um, and that's maybe something that we'll see over the course of the season. But at the moment, when things are going well and they're playing a game a week, everything seems to be ticking over fine. And and like you say, Tom Lang, since coming in, I think he made one mistake against Dundee United, and apart from that, has strolled it. The concern for for Falkirk would be the likes of Tom Lang is playing at this level, not because of his ability, but because he's very injury-prone. And like I say, their squad depth isn't you know the best but one man that I do want to touch upon before we we talk about Alwa is Ross McKeever my goodness me he is absolutely flying um I think this season I've, I've always been a fan of Ross but when he left I don't think I was as bothered as maybe I should have been um I, I thought he did a great job for us um really good selfless player brilliant hard worker um but I thought we could replace him. It's only since we've taken Ross McKeever out of that team that I that you notice the absolute magnitude of work that he did for us last season. He's yeah. the reason. He's a major part of the reason why Salmon was able to score 18 goals, etc., etc. He just did so much work that I don't think many players can do. Um, and now that he's playing in a team that are probably dominating games a little bit more than Aloha last season, let's be let's be realist about it. He's just got this... I mean, a lot of his goals this season have not been pretty. Um, a lot of them have just been... I think there's a couple that came off his thigh or came off his knee or whatever, but he's just in the right place at the right time. He's still doing the ugly side and holding the ball up. Tuesday night, he scored an excellent header, so he's still you know, he's still very good technically and still does score good goals, but he was a confidence player like most players are these days, and his confidence is sky high. I worried if Falkirk signed a striker that didn't score that many goals, how they would treat him. He's, he's, I think he's become very much a fan favourite in the opening month or so of, of the season. Yeah, it's interesting because I think when he signed, I think to say the reaction of the Falkirk support in general of being underwhelmed is um, is putting it pretty mildly. They, they weren't really impressed with the, the sign. In general, weren't massively yeah. impressed with the sign at all and seen it as... You know, a striker who's been playing at League One and not scoring goals, and and that's absolutely what what Ross was. I, I was the opposite when when we you know when we didn't re-sign him, I, I was immediately concerned. You know, I was I was a bit gutted. I was I was so impressed with, with Ross McKeever last year. For me, his and he's an absolutely selfless selfless player. And I think you're right what you're saying. He he probably contributed a lot to. Um, to the success that, that Connor Salmon had last year because of, of the stuff he did off the ball. I thought on the times that we've seen him on his own as a lone striker in little bits of games, I thought he was, of the strikers we had at the club, I thought he was the best in that role um, anyway. And I thought he actually he actually played a little bit better the times when he was he was sort of up there himself. But I, I think he's he's obviously had look, a, a cracking start to the season. I don't, do I think the that goal return is going to be consistent over a season? I, I, and honestly, I don't. I don't expect him to to carry on at scoring at the rate 
he is because he to me is not a natural a natural goal scorer. But I think sitting as that lone striker with the likes of Aguiman, Morrison, whoever they'll put, you know, whether it's it's Miller or Nesbitt or whoever who plays that central role, I think having those three coming on to you know, Ross having those three to play off of him, I think he's going to be, be so pivotal. And, and he, he already looks an absolutely key member of that Falkirk side. Yeah, he does. And I'm pretty sure that goal on Tuesday equaled his tally for last season. I, I think that's right. Or either a goal goal out. Um, so he's he's done... He's done exceptionally well. We mentioned that in the in the preview podcast. If Ross can have someone playing off of him, I mean, at the at that point we didn't see who it would be, but the way that they've kind of got that three operating in behind that normally is Morrison off the right, Aguiman off the left, and Calvin Miller in the pocket, it just seems to be, you know, hitting hitting a bit of a sweet spot. In terms of Aloha, I would, yeah, I would imagine we're going to see changes. We normally do so. I would love, will we go, uh, it would be bold, it would be brave if we went man for man and, and began the 4-2-3-1 on Saturday night. It, it's, it's, a, it's a massive risk to, to change the shape, but it's, if you're going to change it, it, it makes sense to change it in a game where you're, you're literally going to be matched. We know Falkirk are going to play that shape. It's a chance to, it's a chance to, to match up against it. And I think there's actually, as much as Falkirk are a very, very good, strong, good, good, strong side in, in League One this year, there's actually a little bit of a safety blanket in making that change of shape when you're going up against a team who are playing the same. The you know, worst case scenario, you know you're effectively going man for man against them. And it, you can kind of mitigate quite a lot there. And, and if something's not working, you can kind of pinpoint straight away, well, it's it's whoever is, is a, you know, it's quite easy to, to go at who's, Who's against each each person? Um, I don't think it'll happen. If I'm being totally honest, I think it'll be it'll be three centre halves. Um, I think it'll be very similar to, to what we've seen the, the, the last few weeks. Personnel wise, is I mean, five changes last week. I look at this week in terms of I don't think there was really any injuries from from Saturday. So you would think you, he's pretty much picking from close to a, close to a full squad just now. Dave Mackay will obviously be. Available following suspension as well. Um, not, not the decision I would make to bring Dave Mackay back in, but I can see that happening. Yeah, I would be, I would be surprised. I think um, David Devine didn't come off the bench on Saturday, so he's available to come in as well. I would say that although Josh Debayo was a wee bit shaky at points, he looked again composed on the ball. There was a there was a point in the. First half, I think it was, where he pretty much took the ball from centre-half and, and carried it so many yards. And uh, that's something that I quite like about Josh DeBio. So I would keep him in um, on that left-hand side of the three. I would bring Morgan Neal back in off the naughty step and play him um, in the middle. And, yeah, that's I suppose this is where you would have the... In a, in a perfect world, I would have DeBio on the right um, and Devine on the left and Taggart right wing back but Taggart's more likely going to play in the back three let's be honest um, I can see it being Debayo, Neil, Taggart with Colley and Devaney as the as the wing backs Yeah I, I think that's probably how it'll go for me my preference if it was going to be that three would be Neil in the middle I, I, I would stick I would keep Devine on the left and, and stick Devine on the right, tag a right wing back. Left wing back, I think, is an interesting one. So, so I mean, I, you know I'm a big fan of Cameron O'Donnell 
and Cameron Don Oliver start, started the season at left wing back, but I've been certainly looking for Deveni to come in into there and was surprised that he hadn't started the season. Obviously, Deveni came in last weekend. Now, I wasn't at the game, so I, I don't really know how he played, but from what I've seen in the comments on Cami, not just his goal, obviously, but he actually has played well again when he's when he's came on. So is there an argument that, that Cami O'Donnell comes back in for this game? Could potentially happen. Um, yeah, I can I can very much see that happening. Uh, we've we've seen the manager do it plenty of times in the past, where he's he's gone to somebody, he's taken them out a week, he's given them the opportunity. I mean, Sam is the prime example. We've seen it with Sam so many times, taking him out the starting eleven, brought him back in. He's done well, scored a goal, and then we're kind of back to normality. Um, it does seem, you know, it does seem strange that that yeah, that Deveni hasn't played as much football as as we thought he would, um, considering how well he did in pre-season and how highly he was rated when's coming once coming in. But I think Cammy's Cammy's done well. I would just in that perfect world would like to see a formation where we didn't have to play Cammy left wing back and we could play him a little bit further forward or we could play him as part of a yeah. midfield. But at the moment if he is to to start on Saturday I think it will be at, at left wing back. It's um, it's. I, I'm already. I'm concerned about how we line up on, on Saturday because when you look, when you look at that that Falkland, so look at the Falkland team from from Tuesday night. There's not many weaknesses in that no. in that team. I would say there is one area where there's a, a pretty glaringly obvious weakness though, and that is, and it's not necessarily down to the player that's playing there just now, but it's the right back area. So Finn Yates is. is has been playing there now. He's he's not he's not a natural right back, and I know there's been a lot from the, the Falkirk support. You know, McGlynn's not addressed that this season about they don't have a, a a natural right back at the club. Yates is 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 effectively covering in there. I think they, they potentially will at some point, whether it's a loan or or you know maybe through in January. I think I would expect them to to get a right back, especially if they get to January, and let's say they're right in the middle of a, a title fight, and there might be them and one one other club are really really in a head-to-head fight, I think that's when they'll probably maybe take the risk and say, spend a bit of money that we might not necessarily have right now, but it gives us that opportunity of that could make the difference and just give us enough to go over the line. But that area of the park is, is when you look at that forward, that to me it's the only it's the only weakness in that Falkirk team is down that right channel. And I would go further than that because it, I would look at the right centre half as well. You know, we've talked about um, Lang on the on the left side massively strong. I think McCann's a, a very good left back as well. I don't think you've had much joy at that side. Cole Donaldson for me is not a great centre half. You know, I, I he's, he's, we've seen in the past in some of the clubs he's been at. You know, in like some of the Championship and things like that. He's he's not to me. I just don't rate him as much of a centre half. And I look, you know, he's playing that right centre half, and outside him or the right back is a is a player who's not a natural right back. Brian Rice needs to set up a team that can exploit that area of the park because that's the only weakness in that Falkirk side. Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I would love to see a four-two-three-one and, and double up in terms of you could even play a Coulson uh, off the left as well, and you could play Deveni or, or it probably would be Deveni in that sort of shape and have him overlap. But I think with the left wing back as well, you you'll still see an overload on that side, um, whether it's Google dropping over whether it's one of the midfielders, Roberts, um, 
And hopefully, you know, you say you played the bio there, he can step out and allow a Deveni or an O'Donnell to go in behind. And like you say, Finn Yates, he's actually he's he's actually done quite I've been I've been impressed by him considering he's a he's, eight, a, he's a good player. Old. Yeah. He he looks he looks a real good player. So it's it's not I'm not highlighting him as the player. It's the fact that that's not his natural position. He he, yeah. he does look like he's a he's a decent player, but it's like you know, for me, you look at an Allo team, and you've got an Allo team with with Kevin Colley playing right back. If I'm the opposition, I'm thinking Kevin Colley's a great player, but he's not a right back. I'm going to try and exploit that area of the park, and that is Brian Rice has to exploit that chance. And as I say, the fact that's Cole Donaldson sitting inside that, I think there's that there's your opportunity. To, I think Quinn Coulson's a good shout for that as well. I think you're right in what you say that we'll talk talk about who's going to be up top in a second. But I I I think regardless of whether it's midfield or whether it's up to I think Quinn Coulson will play and should play in this one and it, for me it's putting him in that that role of okay he might be one of a, a front two but very much you're going to be a front man who I expect to drift yeah. out to that left hand side and, and cause a problem down that left work with your whoever the wing back is whether it's Deveni or whether it's Cami or whether it's like you say a Curtis Roberts you know or a school from the, from the midfield exploiting there overload that area of the park because I look at the rest of that Falkirk team and the way Alou are playing just now, and I think, where else are we going to get opportunities from? Mistakes, I hope, um, which I think Falkirk yeah. have probably yeah. still got in their locker because we've seen it with the likes of Tom Lang, and that's something that we can push as well. Um, and I think that's an area that we can that can look to exploit. I think you're right. Um, a midfield trio for me stays the same: Roberts, Hetherington, Skugel, especially because Miko was. Uh, wasn't on the bench, so yeah. I think there's there's no kind of debate about that. Um, I suppose you've got two options in terms of well, for me, you've got a couple of options up up top. Whether you go, I think it's between Coulson and Rodden to partner either Donnelly or or Salmon. And what you're saying, if you're going to exploit the wings, Coulson to me is not as effective when he's as part of a front two. He's much more he's more effective in other positions. But if you give him that that freedom to roam, then that could be something that works. But but Brad can do that as well in terms of his his direct pace. What I would say is Coulson's probably got a little bit more trickery on the ball, a little bit more kind of flair on the ball, which is maybe will go in his favour. And for me, I think LD over Salmon, if he's, if he's fit enough to start against Kelty, as long as there's not been any kind of backlash off of that, um, LD is such an intelligent player that I would I would I would start him as well, and, and hopefully he can get off the mark as well. Yeah, I, this for me is really difficult to call. I I agree with you about Quinn Coulson. I think he has to probably one of the two for me. Uh, Brad Roden is better at exploiting over the top through the middle than Quinn Coulson is. That that's where you know if you yeah. if we're coming up against. Two forty-year-old centre halves who can hardly move at all. Give me, give me, give me Brad in that <laughs> situation and get balls over the top for it. That, that's where he can exploit. I don't. I think Brad's okay when he moves out to the channels, but I think Quinn Coulson is far, far better playing out in the the wider channels than than Brad is. So for this, I would play. I would play Quinn Coulson. Who partners? I'm. I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of clueless on on who I'd put here. I'm. I'm strangely actually more edging towards Connor Salmon. 
if if I'm being honest, um, I know he didn't. Have, I mean, he didn't have great success against them last year, but he did. You know, he did score against Falkirk last year. You know, the season before, he had a couple of really good days against Falkirk. He obviously enjoys scoring against Falkirk. Um, this part of me probably probably stick Salmon in. Um, that's 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 probably harsh. You know, surprising to say I would I would drop Luke Donnelly. He's such a talented player, but I just think I just think that. The for me the game plan there just suits a bit better a Coulson and and Salmon. The problem for me is going to come. We we could start with with Quinn Coulson and, and Connor Salmon. Let's say it it it's then about how we play that. There's 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 it doesn't to be totally honest it doesn't really matter who we start up there if we just pass around the back midfield back to the centre half and just launch a long ball. We ain't getting joy out of that. We haven't had joy out of that so far this this season. And if that's the, the way we play and that's the game plan, honestly, it probably wouldn't matter who's who's up top. We have to be set up in a way that, as I say, that you look at that team and there is an obvious area that is really the only weakness. Set up a game plan. You know, things aren't going well for us the last couple of weeks. Go go a bit different and think. Do you know what? For ninety minutes, I want us to do nothing else but attack that wing. Do every, everything we can do play to, towards that side of the pitch, get men forward on, on that side, and just let's try and exploit that. You know, playing through the middle, as you say, Henderson and, and Brad Spencer, you know, Brad Spencer, probably the best player in the division. Henderson, one of the top central midfielders, I would say. Certainly on his performances last season, one of the, the, the top central midfielders in, in the division last year as well. And he, he stood out in the, the Scottish Cup games as well. I think, are you going to get much joy through that? Probably not. Just, just go a bit different, and just, just, and it might get a bit predictable, and it might get boring, but exploit that way. And whether that is, you you try and play from the back up the left. Other times it's from the midfield, and and you try to push the ball out that side. Other times, you know what, you might say to Connor Salmon, next five minutes, get on that right, get on that right back, and that is the defence. When the ball's at the defence, they're going to play diagonal balls on top of the right back for five ten minutes. You can you can look at that one area of the park and try to. And try to exploit that in different ways and different methods. I, I would honestly, I would do that. I would do that on Saturday and see see what happens. Yeah, and I suppose Connor Salmon gives you a little bit more kind of physicality if he is going to pin yeah, himself up yeah. against a, a, a Cole Donaldson or a Tom Lang, or if he is to drop out onto that right hand side and go up against Finn Yates. I can see it definitely happening. Um, see, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if um, after all that chat that. He'd, does go with an unchanged side pretty much from the one at one at Kelty and, and rolls with that um, and proves us all wrong. Just he, he sat and read the comments and just went, you know what, same eleven. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but I'm looking that, forward I tell, to. I tell you what, Kieran, that, that is that is the one way Brian Rice could spring the biggest surprise on an opposition <laughs> is not changing a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting game. There's there's plenty of uh, little stories in it. Obviously, Stephen Hedington has first game against Falkirk yeah. after um, a bit of a, a tough couple of years there. I'm sure he'll get. I'm sure the fans will probably let him know, and I'm sure he'll absolutely lap that up and enjoy it. And you'll get one booking for Matali for the season. I've got no doubt. <laughs> um, as long as it's not two bookings and we keep uh, both both players. Um, 11 players on the park then I'm all good but yeah we've got we've got experience glittered across the team with PJ up to Salmon and Hetherington through the middle as well so there's a lot of wee mini narratives it's a Saturday night game I'm expecting a pretty 
decent crowd as well. Hopefully, definitely, um, Falkirk always bring a decent crowd, and and the locals in Alawa seem to react to that as well and come out in force. So, I'm hoping it's going to be a bit of a cruncher, and uh, yeah, the the Alawa players have got. I wouldn't say, a, not got a point to prove, but they'll be looking to bounce back and they'll be looking to bounce back on nas- on national telly when all their pals and their families are watching and stuff like that as well. So I think we're going to be in for a, a right good game. Yeah, I hope I hope it's, I hope it's a good game. Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll miss it as well, but I'll, I'll no doubt manage to, to catch the, the feed of BBC Alba over here. Um, prediction time, I think we're still at, still at zero points in our prediction this this season, it's uh, it's not been not been the best of best of starts. Uh, I think I went first last week, so I'll let you have first shout this week. And that's because people say we're negative, but we never ever predicted defeat. So if we got our predictions <laughs> right, then we'd go unbeaten in the league. Um, I do think this will be hard, though. Um, and because we've got zero points, I'm going to predict a defeat um, in the hope that I stay on zero points and continue that trend. Yeah, I'm going to go for the same score as, as Saturday and, and Falkirk just peppers two goals to one. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm hope I'm I'm hope I'm wrong and and that we can get a draw. We're more than capable of doing it, um, absolutely. But uh, I'll go reverse psychology and go for that, knowing that I always get my predictions wrong. <laughs> I like how I like how you've caveated that caveated that prediction with it. I'm I'm doing reverse psychology, and uh, you'll be getting hounded hounded out of the next if um, if that comes in. I'm I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for for one each. I think it's the same as what I said last week. But yeah, I'll go for I'll go for one each. I, I mean, I'll be totally honest. A lot of that is there's a lot of optimism, you know, optimistic thinking in that in that prediction as well. I think it's going to be a very very tough evening for, for Alawa. As you say, it's the kind of environment and situation that over the last sort of five years or so has typically seen brought the best out of out of these Alawa teams, you know, a later an evening kick off on the T V, that's you know, the underdogs, that that's typically brought out some of the best performances sure. for Alawa in recent years. So I'm I'm hoping that's what happens. I I think it will be a very, very difficult, difficult evening. I Will be a little bit surprised if you are not putting one point in the in the prediction table column with with predicting a defeat. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a challenging evening. I think it's got the potential to be a challenging couple of weeks for Alwa. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Um, I think this is for me. This is one of the harder ones of it. Um, I, I think I would go into next Saturday against Cove. Well, it depends how this Saturday goes, but um, with a bit more confidence and despite Hamilton's start. I would probably fancy us against Hamilton a little bit more as well. Maybe it's just because I've seen a fair bit of Falkirk this season um, that I'm a, a tread with a little bit of, of caution. But it's it's a game against Falkirk. It's it's on the telly, and and like you say, anything anything can happen. And we are we're due them one for sure after last season. So uh, fingers crossed. It's it's this Saturday. Mm-hmm.